this episode of Hatcher Hockey is brought to you by Tony's Joint. They are located at 20 Talbot Street South, Unit 5. Make sure you stop by the joint and check out all their cannabis products. You must be 19 or older to enter. Must have valid ID. And what is going on, everybody? It is episode number 61 of hat trick hockey which is always brought to you by our good friends over at gl heritage the official beer of hat trick hockey if you like my shirt sorry i'm like if you like my shirt i'm at my hat fucking dash one already two seconds into the show for fuck's sake so if you like my shirt and my hat you can go on any of our any of our sites there click the link it'll bring you right into our store at laser art for all your sweet hth merch This being episode number 61, Rob, this is, of course, it's the Rick Nash edition of Hat Trick Hockey. Rick Nash had a, I believe it was, he played 15 years in the NHL, 1,060 games, 437 goals, 368 assists, 805 points. He is also a two-time Olympic gold medalist. He's a world uh champion gold medalist and silver medalist and he's got a silver at the world juniors as well too bad he like he's one of those guys that did it like literally everything multiple all-star but just never got a cup and it kind of sucks for guys that play that good i'll bring in my i'll bring in my boy rob fresh off the golf course how'd it go crushed him did you yeah me and doug huntley we just uh we're up 20 <laughs> we're up 22 strokes on these guys come on the first nine wow who are you it going might have been 17 but uh, <laughs> uh scott chittle and his buddy ray or roy or oh. terrible at names started yeah. with an r though <laughs> and, and i'm not drunk i i just had a couple beers like yeah. four beers but uh fuck did that was that sun hot yeah yeah, we golfed uh, Sutton. Oh, Sutton Creek. Oh, we stuck some good shots. Get getting ready for the big tourney coming up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I so uh, Broman, yeah, buddied me. Broman's out west. Yeah, I know he's out in Vancouver. Yeah, but, uh, he yeah, buddied me for the tournament, and <laughs> then uh, he realized that he golfs every year with his buddies. So. <laughs> I, uh, I picked up Doug Huntley. So, yeah, it's a fair trade. It's a fair trade. That's hilarious. Yeah. So what else did you, uh, like, we're just wrapping up a long weekend here. So just so everybody oh, knows, Rob and, I, Rob and I came on here a little bit early today. We're actually came on a little bit early because we're both about to go poolside, I would assume. So yeah. we decided to come on early. Probably be a little bit better of a show for you guys. Yeah, you don't want a bunch of staggering and falling <laughs> down. Well, you probably do, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, we're going to keep it PG today. Yeah, so sorry, man. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, we went out to uh, Evans, had a party out there, and uh, the Transformer blew up. At Evan's house, at his party. Rick was Rick was showing me that. Lawrence was showing me that. I was like, "Holy shit, bro! It was fucking nuts!" Like, I mean, kaboom, kaboom. like Dude, sparks he... flying everywhere. Like, it was fucking madness. Jeez. It was insane. It was insane. And then melted the uh, the meter 
to his fucking house. Oh yeah, that's and a lot of glass, the glass jar thing that your meter runs around in. Yeah, I'll tell you right to the house. Oh my god. Yeah, it was shooting sparks off at the transformer, and then next thing you know, it's uh, the house is going up, no lights, but he's got a generator, so party mm. on, party on. So we kept Gee. Yeah, we kept going. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Jesus. What did you get up to this weekend? I just hung out with the kids and stuff, stuff and the kids, played ball. My usual normal, like, weekend, hanging out by the pool, having beers. <laughs> like, I just, you know, it was just just hung out. It was good. You know, summer's winding up, so I'm trying to soak up all, all the time by the pool. I can right now. Yeah. So we're just getting her done. So – Real quick, before we get into everything, I want to, uh, we have a new sponsor. We have a new sponsor and they're right, guys right here in Essex. Mr. Pooper Scooper is our new sponsor. These guys, their services that they provide are amazing for your pets. Come to your house, clean up all the poop and stuff in your yard, take care of everything, leave your yard looking amazing. The customer service is amazing. All the products are very, very friend like they are f- friendly for everybody. They're safe for everybody, your pets, us, everything. And they're just, they're great guys. I met up with them. We had a few drinks. We talked about some stuff and everything, and they decided to come on board with us. So they come on board with us. So if poop is a, a pain in your grass is their slogan, call these boys up. You will not regret it. Trust me. They're a bunch of beauties, Jeremy and Jeff, two awesome guys. So welcome aboard, fellas. Yeah, welcome. If poop is not your scoop, call these guys. Yeah, man, they're awesome. So hit them up. So let's get into the hockey. One of the big stories, the girls, Team Canada girls, went on to win the gold medal in overtime on what? uh, Who shot that? Uh, Poulian. Oh, my God. It went. So I'm sure everybody's seen it. If you didn't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but this shot went like right under the crossbar and straight down in the ice. Like it never, the puck never touched the back of the net. Like what a shot. Uh, Poulain, sorry. Yeah. Poulain. <laughs> dash one, Rob. See, we're both dash one. But, no, uh, I, I'm not very good speaking French. <laughs> These names, God, that. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so what a shot. So congrats to them and also obviously our three friends that were on the team. So congrats, ladies. And I they were all celebrating in the room. TikTok was blowing up. They were TikToking it up in the dressing room and they were crushing beers and stuff. It was honestly, it was awesome to see. So congrats, ladies. You guys are the best. And like just no one's gonna beat them. No one's gonna beat them. They're too good. Them girls are hell of hockey players. Like, oh, like both the U.S. and mm-hmm. Canadian team. Like, man, what a great game. Like, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. And back and forth. The U.S. went up 2-0. Canada come back, make it 2-2. Next thing you know, we're in overtime. And, I mean, like, they're hitting. Like, I don't understand why girls can't check in hockey because they were. And uh, the ref, the ref's good on them. They, they let it go. And, and yeah, uh, yeah it, it ended up being a fantastic game. But uh, one of the girls got hurt in the pileup, eh? Like she broke her uh, leg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, off, and she's out there getting her medal. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> but, Those are yeah, hard, Sally. No more doggy piles, guys. <laughs> no doggy piles. 
just drink Budweiser's like you guys were all doing. Just hug, hug, and you know. It was so awesome though. So congrats to them. Yeah. Um, so there's big offer sheet shit going on between the Habs and McCain's. So what's what's that guy's name again? How do you say it again? I always mess it up. Katadiemi. Yes. So the Habs didn't match the, the fucking offer sheet. They said, screw it. So the Habs are going to take a first and a third rounder from the Canes, and the Canes get him, but they got him at 6.1 for the – luckily, it's for yeah. one – it's only for one season, but still, you're paying fucking – he's a 2 to $3 million guy, I would say. Right. But do you think they did it to, like, fuck him because of uh, Aho? that Aho thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to know what I do yeah, now? Because they come home. They came yeah. out right away and said, no, no, no. no. Oh, we wanted him. Like, okay. listen, if you wanted him that bad, you could have went in at less than 6.1 and fucking, you know yeah. what I mean? And they probably would have still got him. One-year freaking deal for this kid. What you is he, 21? Him? Something like, yeah, he's super young. He's an amazing player. He's 21 years old. He's a great, I would say right now he's a good, like, he's a good, like, third line guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, six million dollars. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you want to know what I would do if I was the Canes? I'd throw him on a line with Ajo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Only against the Habs. Yeah. (laughs) And just hope they like it. That kind of hurts, though. Like, but, you know. But did you see who they just signed? Who? Oh, fuck. I forget that guy's name. It was a guy that they were like, I thought, trying to think. He think he came from Phoenix or oh, Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now while we're, while we're shooting the shit about it. But yeah, man. So what was it? You can't ask me the guy's name and not know. Devorak. Oh, okay. So they, they got him, man. He's fucking sick. Like he's gonna be real good for the Habs. The Habs are gonna. He's way better than that than that other guy. I think this guy's gonna be better in in the long run. Way better. Well, we'll see. Because like Katniemi, he's not a slouch, right? But he's not. Uh, he's not a six million dollar guy. I can't. I can't get over the six million dollars, Rob. I can't. I can't. I just can't. That's yeah, matters. so yeah, so I don't know, man. We'll see. Oh, oh, the other big news is we're going to the Olympics. That's awesome. Like finally, like they need to go. You gotta give like some like some say like pro athletes shouldn't be there for that and this. And I'm I'm like, but you gotta give the guys a chance to play for their country. You know, all these, all these athletes in the Olympics should be getting paid. Like, I don't give a shit if they're pro, like you want the best of the best, right? Yeah. Or, or do you want, you know, the best non-professional athlete? It doesn't make sense. That's what I mean. You would, yeah, you would sell way more with the pros there. For sure. Like baseball, hockey, soccer, whatever. It's more exciting. Golf. Oh, the golf are getting, are pros, aren't Mm -hmm. they? I believe so, yeah. Oh, but back to uh, Dvorak for one second. He's getting yeah. $4.45 million on the salary cap hit. Um, he yeah. has four years remaining on his contract, too. Yeah, so think. So the Habs, essentially the Habs saved 
2000 or 2000, $2 million, essentially roughly in the area, not, not a math guy. So that, and they got a first and a third rounder. Yeah. Like who, for the, oh, fucking right. Habs won that one big time. But who the fuck wants to play in Montreal? <laughs> Lots of people, apparently. Just, just saying. Like, well, not, got to Niemi, didn't want to. Yeah. Not, not for the price they were offering. Well, they didn't even come back with an offer, right? So, no, they just said that they were not going to match it. So, and then that was it. Done. Yeah. Done deal. Well, see ya. Can't blame them. <laughs> not when I you're going to get a first and third round. I think that's a smart move. Smart yep. move on the GM there. Fucking Bergie. Bergie van. Yeah. Bergie getting her done. So anyways. His red suit. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a hell of a hell of an interview for them. I think we should probably throw it over to our interview, eh, Rob? Absolutely. We have a record holder, a OHL record holder. This man scored 87 goals in a single season. And what's record that still stands today. I don't know if anybody will ever break that one, but I would love to see. They won't try. break this one. Yeah. Gretzky yeah. couldn't even break it. Yeah. So. so it's pretty crazy. So everybody enjoy Mr. Ernie Godden. Roll it. Delta. Woo! 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 Well, this next man on here with us has played a lot of hockey, man. A lot of hockey. He's played OHL, CHL, AHL, a little bit of NHL. He's even played over in Austria. This man. Still holds the OHL record for a single season for the goals. He scored 87 goals in one season, which was in 80-81, which later on he went on where he was drafted by the Leafs, 55th overall. Let's welcome to the show, Ernie Godden. Ernie, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Man. This is awesome. You should have seen, should have seen the car you rolled up in. Oh, I would. 28 bars and Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. From 1980. 1980. Very nice. Yeah, it was sick. So, Ernie, where did you uh, where did you grow up on the ice at? Uh, I started out in Scarborough. I, my parents had a place in Scarborough until I was 11. Um, so I played the basically AAA back then in Toronto, and then we moved to a small town named Keswick up off of Lake Simcoe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played there till I was 14, and then I played junior C at 14, uh, out in Bradford. But uh, my mom and dad had fought over over me going to Keswick to play hockey. They wanted me to live with my grandmother back in Toronto and stay and play hockey there. And uh, my mom said he's too young; he's not at 11 years old staying in Toronto by himself. So, <laughs> so she uh, made me go to go to the farm, and uh, so I lived on the farm for a little while, and then. Uh, like I said, I played junior junior C at 14 in uh, Bradford, and then I played uh, Tier 2 Junior A at 15, 16 in Newmarket mm-hmm. uh, for the Newmarket Flyers, and then uh, got drafted by the Spitfires. Wow. Uh, how, so how did, it, how did it come about to uh, getting to play uh, junior, like junior C? Um, well, when I was 13, I was playing midget, um, so they cool. thought I was a little older, so they recruited me and asked my dad if uh, I could come and uh, try out for the team and my dad said he's only 13 and uh, they said well we'd still like him to come out so that when I turned 14 the following year I tried out and uh, made the team and uh, I got uh, MVP for the team that year Jesus. so it was, uh, it was pretty good uh, pretty good time wow 
So you have right. some skills. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually looking at his, uh, at his like numbers when he was there for the flyers and you had like amazing numbers. The first year you were there, you only played 44 games and you put up, well, you put up 40, 43 points. Like that's pretty well pointing game. You put up 89 penalty minutes too. That's, that's actually a lot for such a young guy. Yeah. My dad, uh, my dad used to get pretty upset at me. Um, I had a bit of a temper and uh, <laughs> I uh, had a habit of not backing down. So got myself in a little bit there, but, uh, you know, my dad always said, uh, you know, if you stayed out of the penalty box, you'd put more points up. And, and even when I played for the Spitz, uh, you know, the year I broke the record, he, to this day, he's 87. I just went and saw him last week. He, he still lives in Keswick. And uh, he said to me again, as soon as I walk in the door, you know, if you would have stayed out of the penalty box, you would have got more than 87 gold. And I'm like, dad, really, that's 40 something years ago. Can we let it go now? <laughs> That's not let shit go away. Eh? Well, you only had 185 pims that year. No, that's what he's complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> you had a shitload of points, though, like 153 points that year, 87 goals, 66 assists. That's only 68 games, too, man. That's quite the year. Who were you like? Who was on your line that year? Um, I played. You know, I think Jeff Mitchell played the most with me on right wing. Um, he was our overage that year. Um, you know, Ron Harris was trying to get me to not to fight so much either. So Jeff was supposed to jump in a little bit when I got angry. Um, so he helped me a lot. I think Jeff had a career year that year too. I think he got about a 20 goals when he hardly scored any before. Uh, he was a great teammate though. He was a really good guy to have on your side. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just, uh, I played, you know, I played the power play every power play. I played the penalty kill every penalty kill. So it was a lot of ice time and, and you played mm -hmm. with everybody and, I think that's what I like the most. Is the more ice time, the better. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, well, Mitchell tried keeping up with you. He he only had 178 penalty minutes. Yeah. 43 points that year. Yeah. You, you played with uh, J JP Larue too, eh? Yeah, I played all three years with JP. Yeah. He was a pretty tough guy. Like he was really was he really short? Like he was one of the shortest. Members. I think he was about five six. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember I remember going to the arena and seeing these guys play. And I was probably I want to say about ten. Mm -hmm. Fights like uh, Sault Ste. Marie, they would fight or the Sudbury Wolves. I remember a Sudbury Wolves fight. It was uh, I can't remember if it was before the game or during the game, but it spilled up into the crowd. No way. Yeah, there was a few of those. Yeah, well, London was another one that London you guys always battled. Yeah. But London Windsor. Because they're so close, it's been such a rivalry, right? Yeah, was, uh, I can still remember the one time we were playing London, and uh, J.P. LaRue lived in Hawkesbury, Quebec, so he used to come and stay with us, my parents, at uh, Christmas time. So J.P. and I were pretty close, and uh, my dad and my sister drove up to London to, to watch us play. And there was a guy, three guys sitting beside my sister on the other side of my dad, and they were saying, you know, kill the, kill the pygmy, and... You know, JP and you know take take uh, God's head off and my sister turned to them and said you know could you con con kindly calm down right and uh, she was about two years older than me and uh, you know they laughed her off and kept going and she warned him again she said I'm going to tell you one more time either you stop or I'm going to truly right the side of the head 
and uh, they didn't stop, so she hit him. And uh, then my dad had to step in, and the next thing you know, JP's over the glass, and uh, your dad's in trouble. <laughs> so yeah, so my sister was just about as bad or worse than me for a temper. That's funny, man. That's crazy, Did he though. End up marrying your sister? No, no, no. Because didn't he end up marrying Paulette Turton? Who JP? Yeah. No, but not JP. Not that I'm aware of. His brother Jerry married a girl from Windsor. Jerry. Okay, Jerry yeah. LaRue. That's who it was. Yeah. He ended oh. up marrying uh, my mom's best friend's daughter. Yeah. Paulette. Lives, lives off of uh, Rivard there. Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. That's where, wow. yeah, we lived right there on Grandview. Yeah. That's where I boarded right in uh, Scotia, right off of Rivard. Hey, uh, where, where, like, was that one rink that you just didn't like going to that it was just hard to play in like it, and it like could be maybe the fans the team just whatever what was that one rink that it was just like oh I gotta go there <laughs> I don't think there was any rink that I, I really had a hard time playing in I think um, probably my first year playing in Sudbury was probably the hardest because they had uh, Felino and they had uh, Hunter and they had you know they had a, quite a few guys that could uh, could play hockey and could could uh, you know be pretty tough. Mm -hmm. so as a rookie, you're you're stepping in at 145 pounds and you're going against these guys that are you know just about as big as you, your dad and you're <laughs> you're trying to figure out uh, you know when when Maxner comes in the dressing room he says uh, you know Godin's the only guy going in the corners. What the hell's wrong with you? He weighs half as much as the rest of you and you know and you're a rookie and you're trying to say to him uh, Max don't do that please because you know it's hard enough getting in with the guys that when you're a rookie in your first few games and for sure and the coach walks in and says you got a rookie 145 pounds going in the corners and knocking guys around mm -hmm. uh, what's wrong with the rest of you wimps and yeah. you know kind of makes it tough for a rookie. Well, then, mm -hmm. then, then they're starting on you, you brown noser and you know the coach's favorite. It's hard, hard to get along with guys after they start that shit, right? Yeah, it was tough at first, but uh, you know, once we gelled, we had a few good guys like JP and I clicked it off. Uh, uh, Gagne, Paul Gagne, he was a good guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave Hurst was there my first year. He, he comes from Keswick, so he, he was, I knew him before. Um, mm -hmm. So it was kind of kind of interesting the first year. But now you also got to play with uh, Bo Schreier. Yeah, I lived with Bo Schreier when I got here. They, they put me in the same house as Bo. So yeah, so Bo and I uh, lived in San. I know exactly yeah. where you lived because we used to get the gang together and go play road hockey right in front of the house. And Bo would, and you would probably come out too uh, and slap the ball around with us. Well, he lived there the year before me, so he could have been oh, that year. Okay. And then I lived the second year when he got traded, and they brought Mark Plenary. Oh, okay. Mark did live with him. Yeah, because Bo was an awesome guy. Mm -hmm. He had a nice car too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Just don't hit it with the ball. <laughs> Oh, he'll ruin your day. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because he he used to play with uh, um, uh, Blair Blair Barnes, and mm -hmm. Blair Barnes uh, roomed at my grandma's house. And these guys would all come over, and you know, grandma always had the best cereal, the best food, everything. And they'd all they had a pool table downstairs, and bathroom, everything. It was it was a great setup. And uh, Bo or uh, Blair had a 69 Camaro in the 80s, and this car was cherry. It was one of the nicest cars I've ever seen. Yeah, scared sure to go was. near it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 it didn't leave the driveway much, just when he was going to go cruising or whatever, right? 
Yeah, mm -hmm. he was. Uh, we were going to London, play London, the London Gardens, uh, just before Christmas, and Blair, a bunch of the guys that had cars says, "Can we drive our cars home?" They're heading to Toronto right after the game. Mm -hmm. So Max says, "Yeah, go ahead." So here we are on the 401, doing probably 65, 70 mile an hour in the bus, right? Blair pulls up beside us with his 69 Camaro. And he just waves and he drops it in third gear and burns rubber and takes off. I'm like, holy shit, isn't that nice? <laughs> He's 17 years old, going, wow. <laughs> well, his parents had some money, right? Because didn't, didn't yeah, his dad been... or something get him that car? Yeah, his mom and dad. Yeah, mom and dad. Yeah. Oh, really? Awesome. Huh. And, 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 you know, Blair was a little spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing all about it. Just being the kid. And, you know, you're always listening. They don't think you are, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we traded that in that summer and bought, brought back a 442 Oldsmobile. I don't know if you remember oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I come to that one. Yeah. And I, I told him he's nuts. I would have kept a Camaro all day long. Camaro was way nicer. Oh, yeah. A Camaro would be awesome. Oh, yeah. It had the uh, beauty, the, the Corvette rims on it. Yeah. Mm. It was cherry. And nice. then I look, I see his car. And uh, so I was at Misty's having dinner and, and uh, I said, I got to go. And so as I'm walking down, the the uh, Z28 pulls around the corner and it, it starts coming down my road. I'm like, that'd be so cool if that was God's car. <laughs> sure enough, it stops on my own. The business like, well, tell him I think he's really cool too, okay? <laughs> just uh, that car. I know it's, yeah. oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Just good too. Just a boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. In 1980, when I played with the Spitz, I had a General Motors uh, Z28 Camaro. Uh, that was a General Motors car still. They let me use it for a couple of weeks just to, to have fun. And uh, I had a hard time giving it back. So when I, but I always wanted to buy a Corvette when I signed, if I signed a major contract. So when I signed with the Leafs, I went out and bought a Corvette. Um, mm -hmm. And of course it's long gone, but uh, this car came a few years ago and it was, it went into my, my actually my father-in-law's neighbor and uh, he pulled in with it. And my father and I went over and started talking to him because he knew I always wanted in 1980 back from that year when I played. And uh, so I went over and started shooting the shit. The guy said, it's not for sale. So I started walking back and he says, well, wait a minute. He said, do you really want the car? And so I made a deal about the car. Nice. So I just kind of lucked out on that one. That was the year you had all the penalty minutes? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that would actually been the year that he wore the C as well. Didn't you wear the C that year too? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say that's a big year, man. He record in goals, bunch of PIMs, 153 points, wore the C. That's a great year. Yeah, it was an awesome year. Actually, I never got hurt uh, that year. You know, the first two years I <clears throat> missed a few games, played hurt. Um, my third year, uh, never got hurt, never had any groin pulls, nothing. It was a great year all the way through. Wow. I was gonna say. Go ahead. I was just going to say hockey was so different like then compared to now, right? Like, like the OHLs changed so much, so much. Yeah. When you watch a game, it's not the same as the old days. That's for sure. Like, yeah. I remember even when you're sitting out a game, you're my first and second year when I was injured and sitting in the crowd, I never did want to sit in the crowd. I hated it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you see the game and everybody's saying, Oh, it's rough. And you're looking at them like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, it's that's, hockey. that's what you're used to doing. You used to playing and, getting a few stitches here or there and, you know but you still go out and play right no as, as a hockey player when you're sitting in the crowd watching a game you find yourself when guy's gonna throw a body check you lean into the guy beside you you know, well, you know I, I, think, I do it all the time still i think you do it but i didn't notice i was doing it but of course you know back yeah. then everybody uh, didn't care what you did right so they, they didn't mm -hmm. say anything but you probably did yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what was uh, what, what was what was your most memorable memorable game uh, playing for the Spitfires? Wow, that's a tough question because there was a there was a lot of games and a, a lot of things. I think you know the, the fans. I think the, the most memorable thing was my first year when you're a rookie and you're there's the playoffs and and we're playing against London and they have that. Uh, First, first time to come back with the bus and you go around the arena and there's people lined up all the way around the arena at two and three in the morning waiting for playoff tickets. And you're like, wow, this is not, this is something, right? Because you never seen that growing up as yeah. a kid. Um, you know, the only time I've seen it maybe was when I was 12, we won the All-Ontario and Keswick was a big thing. They never won it before. So they had the stands, you know, packed. Right. So that was about the only other time. But then you come to Windsor and the fans here were just incredible. You know, I think that's... Uh, one of the things I liked the most were the people in Windsor, the fans. It was just incredible. They were awesome. And, uh, you know, that's what I remember seeing them people lined up around there and, and, and waiting to buy tickets at three in the morning. That's nuts. They, they are loyal to their team, right? Oh, yeah. Like, hands down. Have you been to the new arena? Yep. Yeah. I went and dropped a puck at the Memorial Cup. When I was there. Oh, that's awesome. Puck at one of the games. Yeah. That must have been a big honor. Yeah, it was pretty nice, actually. Yeah. Man, yeah, those guys like well now, eh? Do you see? Well, you obviously seen who they just hired now as their new freaking coach there, eh? You seen that? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. You didn't see Mark uh, Savard is the new uh, head coach there for the Spits, longtime Boston Bruin. Boston Bruin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I've been kind of away and busy, and I haven't really been following it too much. Mm Hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that's the thing is, is you get busy, right? So, oh, yeah. So, but uh, we have this, so we have to kind of pay attention. Pay attention, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we yeah, thought, we, we, we originally thought, like, you know, maybe Todd Warner was going to get it, you know, ex Spitfire, yep. you know, played, played in the NHL for over 500 games, you know, like he coaches uh, Windsor Lancers too, as well. You know, he's not too far up the road. I want to say Blenheim, I think. Well, yeah. Blenheim, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, I mean, he's 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 done it. It was it was surprising me that uh, Savard got it because I don't think he has coached anywhere yet. So not that I'm aware of. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We, we were kind of talking about it earlier today mm-hmm. if he did or he didn't, but we we weren't too sure. Hey, so after you left Windsor, you went to Cincinnati, right? Correct. How so? How was it there playing? That was the CHL, correct? It was the CHL, yep. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was pretty good. <laughs> it was uh, it was different, right? You don't get the uh, what I mean. Either CHL or AHL doesn't matter. The fans aren't there, right? You don't have as many fans. Some places do. There was a few places at Binghamton and a few other places that you know filled the place up, but there wasn't too many that really filled it. In Cincinnati, I think we probably averaged about two thousand fans, and the arena sat about I don't know. I think it was fourteen thousand. It was a beautiful arena. Oh, wow. Uh, but they did all the seats in different colors. So when you're on the ice, it looked like fans. Yep. And they were very boisterous. So it was kind of neat in Cincinnati to play there. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't too bad. Um, it was a great, uh, great city, actually, to, to, to play in. But uh, mm-hmm. um, I had a lot of fun there. It was, uh, it, you know, I had a decent rookie year um, for not really seeing any, any power play time or penalty kill. You just played a regular third line or whatever. Yeah, you almost got like a point a game almost right in your rookie year. You're yeah. just under. No, I had a good year. I had a good yeah. rookie year and I got called up to the Leafs that year for a little bit. And mm-hmm. 
think I was up for 14 or 15 games. I only seen ice time in five. I dressed, I think, every one of them. And then, mm -hmm. you know, we waited. And when you come off after the warm up and you sat there and you went, don't say my name, don't say my name. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I went one shift every period. Yeah. And then they'd say, you know, God and Saginaw, whoever, you know, get undressed and you're like, shit. <laughs> but you actually, how did, how did, how did your uh, draft go? Like, how did your draft day go? You know, like, so you get, you're getting drafted to the lease, right? So uh, can you walk us through that? I didn't go to the draft. Um, I forget where it was, um, but I did not go to the, I didn't go to the junior draft either. Oh. I didn't go to either one. Um, the junior draft, just to bring up the drafts, how it goes. My parents went to the junior draft and because uh, I was told I was going to Windsor. Because uh, the head scout coached me a little bit in Newmarket the last day he fired the coach and he came in the last month of the season in the playoffs. And he's a guy by the name of Gene Popeil and he was a great guy. I really liked him. He was the head head scout for the Spitz. And he said, uh, you're going to the Spitz. I said, I said, all right. He said, you'll love it. And he explained everything. And, you know, so I got along with him really well. And uh, my parents go to the drafts. They come home and say, oh, you're going to Kitchener. I go, what? <laughs> going to Kitchener. Um, so I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess Kitchener's closer to home. I get to see my parents more. Yep. So, all right, that's all right. And about maybe a half hour after I talked to my parents about it, I, I realized I'm going to Kitchener and I'm okay with it now. And Max calls. He says, uh, he says, hi. He says, I'm Wayne Maxner. He says, I just want to let you know you're coming to Windsor. I said, I'm not coming to Windsor. I get drafted by Kitchener. He said, no, I made a deal for you. He says, you're coming to Windsor. <laughs> so he had made some deal and, uh, for, for me and he gave them uh, – forget the guy's name he was a I think it was a first or second round he had picked the year before mm -hmm. he traded the Kitchener for me so ended up in Windsor you you also got to play is is the Claude Julian Claude Julian played like with the, me, yeah. the coach yeah yeah, Claude yeah. Julian? yeah wow yeah he played in Windsor with us how awesome was that he was a he was a good guy, Claude. He was a very strong French accent when he got wound up. And, uh, <laughs> kind of hard to understand him a lot of times, but uh, he had a he had a great heart uh, and a great team player. Like he was more about the team than himself, and uh, mm -hmm. so was, I can see why he's coaching and why he did so well coaching is because he did uh, he did look at the team more than himself a lot of times. Wow, I forgot oh, that he played for the Spitfires. Man, Windsor got a great deal on you though, man. Like. You put up 290 fuck 290 fucking points in 194 games as a Spitfire. I'd say that's a pretty good deal for Windsor. Is that good? Yeah, is that good? <laughs> but yeah, so I'm gonna say Windsor won won the deal on that one. Do you remember who was in the deal? Or no, Daryl Daryl Homequest came from Kitchener, and then I was a draft change, draft choice they took. Oh uh, okay. And uh, John Quant or something like that was the guy that they traded Spitfires. Mm. His name was John Quant or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. John Claude? Quant, I think, or something like that. John not Quant. Van Dam, Rob. No, not Van Dam. Goes <laughs> <laughs> how much I call it. Yeah. <laughs> I already know you were thinking that. I seen the wheels start turning. <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, when I got drafted by the Leafs, um, they had come. The Memorial Cup was in Windsor my last year. And uh, that year I got player of the year for Ontario. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dale Howardchuk, myself and Barry Peterson were the three good players that got for each league, Quebec and West. And um, 
I got pulled aside by Jerry McNamara from the Leafs and he said, uh, listen, I'm a head scout, scout for the Leafs and we're going to take you in the draft. And I said, no, I said, I don't want to go to Toronto. Please don't draft me. Really? Yeah, I didn't want to go to Toronto. There was too much there. And my mom and dad were very good friends with King Clancy. I don't know if you guys remember yep. King Clancy. Yep. And he was best. He was good friends with Harold Ballard, who was the owner. And he basically told my parents, tell Ernie whatever, don't go to Toronto. Really? And so I tried to not, I tried to tell them not to draft me and they drafted me anyway. Um, Max was supposed to get me drafted to Detroit. So I thought I was going to Detroit. I didn't want to go to Toronto. <laughs> did, they, did they say why? He, what, did Clancy say why he didn't want you to go to Toronto? Just the atmosphere and the, the atmosphere and the, the, the team and just the way it was. He said, it's not a good place yeah, for your son. Because he is an old miserable fuck, eh? Well, he just said it wasn't, they didn't have the right people. And he said, it's not going in the right direction. Basically, he said, you need to, need to keep earning away from Toronto. And mm -hmm. it didn't happen. Hey, you know what's funny? It's still not going in the right direction. <laughs> I think it's a little bit better than the ballot. As, as you can see my sign behind us. <laughs> yeah. The lease upside down. But yeah. as a kid growing up in Toronto, I, you know, played road hockey. I was always Davey Keon. You know, yeah. I was always a leaf. I was always... Mostly Davey Keon. I think he was the guy I idolized growing up. Uh, not a very big player, but uh, went out there and got the job done every night. So mm -hmm. I think that's uh, one of the guys I, you know, looked after or thought I was going to try and be like growing up mm -hmm. and playing, playing, playing yeah. a lot of road hockey growing up. But you yeah. don't see it anymore. You don't see kids no, on the road. Like no. back when we were kids, we were on the road all day long. It's called the sack It's because everybody's like this now. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> It's awful. I, you know, I have a stick in my hand every day. Yeah. Me too. Same thing. Hey, no, I'll, not, not that stick, Ant. Oh, okay. Stick, so right. two, two. I have two. All right, it's all right. Hey, so I actually noticed too that you have a goal in the NHL too. Who did you score it on? Uh, Washington. Do you remember who was in that? Not really. No, I don't Try, remember. Trying to think who would have been their their starter then. I was trying to think too. I'm trying to remember. I did remember who it was before, but I can't remember now. But uh, I, I love asking guys that. Who did you get your first NHL goal on? Yeah, well, I got an assist on my first shift, so I thought things were going to go good, but uh, not as good as I. Who, who was on the team in the eighties when? Or yeah, who's, who's still the eighties, right? When you got yeah. eighty-one. Eighty-one. Yeah. yeah. So who, who was who was on that team? Well, Salmon was there. Sittler was there. Vibe, Uh Who else was there? That must have been hard to take in, you know what I mean, being a rookie. And well, you know, it's not good when you walk in. They they call you up, and I just got uh, plastic surgery on my forehead. So I took a slap shot in the forehead, and it had a shield. And uh, they called me up, so you're excited. You can't mm -hmm. wait. Uh, you you show up at Saturday afternoon for Saturday night hockey, right? And you're thinking that's all you did as a kid. I watched yeah. Saturday night hockey, right? And uh, you walk in the dressing room and you gotta, you're unpacking your bag. You're not there yet, right? So yeah. in the minors, you carry your own bag. Mm -hmm. When you're up in the, in the end, you, they do everything for you. Mm -hmm. So I walk in the dressing room and I got my bag and I started unpacking it. I look up, instead of having Godwin up there, it said the savior. That's that's how they started it when I walked savior. in. So it wasn't, uh, you're looking back up and going, oh shit, what's this gonna be like, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it was it was tough. They didn't, uh, you know, there was a lot of things going on in Toronto. Sittler was disgruntled. He was having a tough time. Uh, I think Salmon was probably the best, to me anyway, uh, player. 
and a guy by the name of John Gibson. I don't know if you guys remember him. He played in the fall. He, that guy, my very first exhibition game with the Spitfires, my mom and dad drove all the way down to the falls to, to watch me play. And I think it was my second shift. I come through, cut through center and looking for the puck. And the puck didn't even come to me. And Gibson come across and nailed me in the head with an elbow. And I was like, oh, that was the end of my shift. That's the end of my parents see me on two shifts. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my first game in the Spitfire uniform. And I'm thinking, this is going to be fun. <laughs> no, I'm going to start throwing them too. Oh, man. <laughs> Blindside, you're not, you're not, you're not even seeing it. You don't even get to brace yourself. Mm -hmm. Now you're spinning like a freaking helicopter. Well, I was gone. I was up for the game. Yeah, never again. It was, uh, but we we became good friends as we grew up in the minors and, and up. Uh, so when I got called up to Toronto, he uh, he basically kept an eye on me. Was he, mm -hmm. you know, he was good. Did you get him back when we like he fell asleep or something? You know, no, he was too big. <laughs> I, was, I, I was I was crazy, but not that crazy. <laughs> I was gonna say that that had to have been nuts just going in there, just walking in the room for the first time. So like so young and seeing all those guys, it was probably kind of trying not to grin ear to ear. You know what I mean? Just like whoa, I can't. Like you had to have been like shell shocked. You no, know? like I'm here, I made it. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. You're shell shocked. You're nervous. You're you know, when I come down to play for the Spitz, uh, even I didn't have any feeling. Like the very first, very first time I stepped on the ice, uh, we had a, you know a game and whatever we, a scrimmage game or whatever, and and I ended up fighting the first or second shift, and it was a guy that uh, uh, was about six foot three or four, Danny Mandage. I don't know if you guys remember him. He played a little bit for Minnesota, and uh, I got lucky. He fell, and I didn't let him up, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so I beat him pretty good, and. Uh, he, uh, him and I became friends after that, actually. And uh, Max pulls me aside, and because I wasn't in the, I was when I got drafted, I was, I, I went in the eighth round because I quit hockey my draft year. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to go in the top three rounds. I was moving up to the first or second round. I was small, which was a concern. And then I quit hockey in my draft year for a month. And that's when they fired the coach because he wouldn't play me. They were, they were keeping me so that I didn't get drafted. And I could keep playing for them, right? Oh, okay. so I went home. I tried to get a release to play midget hockey. They wouldn't give me the release, so I skated with anybody, everybody, and anybody I could skate with for a month. Stay shape. And uh, they fired the coach, and they brought in Gene Fulfield, the guy that got me drafted to Windsor. And uh, so then I came back to play for him, and it went really well. And I was leading the scoring in the playoffs, and then uh, I was going back up in the in the ranking. Mm -hmm. Um, back up to third or second round and uh, I cut through the middle on a shorthanded play and I went to shoot and the guy took a two-hander and hit me in the collarbone with the heel of the stick and smashed my collarbone. So, so uh, they wanted to do surgery. My dad said no. They wanted to put a plate Thanks. in my shoulder and my dad said, you're not putting a plate in the shoulder. He said, it's going to heal naturally or he's not playing. And I'm like, put the, put the friggin' steel in. Yeah, I'm ready to go. But uh, they didn't do it. Um, so I went off the chart again in the draft, being small. And they don't think you can stand the, uh, the playing time, right? Because mm -hmm. in the, in the, in the uh, eight or the uh, provincial, you only play 40-something games. But up there, you play 60-something games. And, you know, he's too small. He won't be able to take it. He won't be able to last. It's um, funny how they judge it like that. Eh? You don't know me. But Gene Popeil was the one that said, you better take him. You guys are nuts not to. And even Max will tell you that. Um, he was surprised. Who was the coach that held you back? I can't remember his name now. 
I don't really want to remember his name. Okay. I was going to say that. That don't matter. That guy's a dick. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> like, fucking him over to... to How do you not let a guy... Go, yeah, like let a guy go up like why why would you not let a guy go you're holding him back like it makes no sense yeah who who was your coach in toronto uh mike nicola so now so he's sitting you you're dressing for all these games and he's sitting you so you're not even really getting the, the chance to show what you you can do like you never really had the chance there. That's that's why I think why King didn't want me, King Clancy didn't want me to go there. They never really give you the opportunity. Mm-hmm. They never, um, I think probably by telling, uh, because Jerry McNamara, the guy I told I didn't want to go to Toronto, he ended up being the general manager because Punch, Punch Imlach drafted me. Punch, I told him, I told Punch Imlach that summer, I'm not coming. I don't want to go to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Trade me. And he said, I'm not trading you. So we went back and forth for a month or so. And, and then uh, he had uh, some of his people call me. And uh, so anyways, long story short, um, I had lunch with him and my agent and uh, it was Bill Waters at the time, which uh, I think was another mistake. But anyway, he, um, he said to me and, and everybody I talked to said Punch was a man of his word. He said, I'm gonna break you in the league like Danny Gear. You're gonna you're gonna come like it did in Buffalo. He says you're gonna come in. You're gonna kill penalties your first year. Play the fourth line. He says that's all you're doing your whole first year. And he says your second year you're gonna kill penalties and move up to the third line. And your third year you're gonna show me what you got. And that's up to you. And I thought, well, you know what? He's giving me his word. So I signed the contract. And training camp starts. And the first day of training camp, I get there and uh, we're scrimmaging and whatever. And uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He's a defenseman for uh, Bob Mano. Uh, play for Toronto and Detroit. Um, him and I get into it a little bit. And uh, he breaks a stick over me and he's got a stick in his hand. So I was going to shove it up as, you know what? And uh, they broke it up. They wouldn't let me fight. So I, so I get off the ice and I'm like, what the hell happened? And Punch says, you're, you're not here to fight. He says, you're here to kill penalties and, and break. He says, you're, you're a hockey player, not a fighter. Right. I don't need a fighter. I need a hockey player. I said, okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Can't kill penalties when you're in the penalty box, right? So... <laughs> So then, about a day or two later, Punch in like has a heart attack, and everything went for shit. It just it, he just before the first, they uh, have a golf outing in Toronto every year before the season starts. The day before the out, the, the golf outing, they send me the minors. Jerry McNamara took over. I wasn't supposed to see the minor. I was promised I wouldn't see the minor right. for three years. But it's a two-way contract. Two-way contract. I took his word for it, right? For sure. Well, Punch wasn't going to let that happen. No. But then, you know, it's out of his hands now, right? So then I get sent to the minors, and then uh, that's the way it went after that. And then it's, you know, you're you're playing in the minors, and you got guys like Bruce Boudreau, Reggie Thomas. I don't know if you guys know Reggie played in WHA. Good hockey player, right winger. Mm-hmm. They're getting all the ice time. Meanwhile, they're 10 years older than you. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, what the hell? Like, uh, I thought you guys were supposed to build us up and get us going, and you're sitting on the bench watching these guys that are, you know, pretty much too old to play in the end anymore. And you're not even getting any ice time. They're taking your ice time. Yeah. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Bruce Boudreau's going for the scoring title in the AHL. You know. Well, what's that doing for him? Yeah. So it was, uh, it was tough, really. They didn't really, you know, coached by Doug Carpenter. I didn't see eye to eye with him. He was more trying to get in the NHL himself. So he was Mm -hmm. trying to do everything he could to get himself in the NHL. my second year, he sat me on the bench, me and Basil McRae, actually, and a guy by the name of Norm Alden. And he said to me, he says, if you're not going to fight, you're not going to, 
you know, he wanted me to fight and protect Norm Auburn. I said, wait a minute, you told me the first year I was too small. Now you're telling me you want me to protect people. I said, what the, you know, I said, I'm not going out to fight for anybody else. If I need to fight for me, I'm going to fight for me. But I said, fighting's not getting me in the NHL, so I'm not going to fight anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he sat me. And then at Christmas time, he says, are you ready to fight yet? I said, no. So I went home for Christmas. I wasn't going to go back, but I did because, you know, I still wanted to play. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to get a shot. So. so how old were you at that time? Uh, I would have been probably 21. Mm -hmm. whole career idea. So when I came back, he said the same thing. I said, Doug, I'm not fighting. Somebody does something to me, I'll fight him. Yeah, if I yeah have that's fight different. Protect myself. You got fucking Basil McCray on your team. Yeah, you a bunch of tough guys. That guy was tough as nails. Oh yeah. But uh, so then he started playing me, but he said you're going to play left wing. I said, play left wing. I've never played left wing in my life. And he put me on left wing. So, Just anything to fuck you over. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was weird, really. But had you everywhere, man. Jesus. Well, hey, you know, so when, you leave, when you leave here today, just do a big fucking burnout, you know? Just <laughs> <laughs> big banger out on them tires. I just want to see it on video. I wanted to get new tires anyway. <laughs> <laughs> fucking roast them right off. Oh, yeah. Why not? Hey, so after that, you ended up in Austria. So how did how did all that go? Um, Austria was a lot of fun. It was a little harder playing because you only played uh, once or twice a week if you're lucky. It's usually once a week, so it was a lot slower pace. Um, you practiced a lot more, uh, so it was uh, it was a little tougher to, to get into the to stay in the game shape and stay in the, the going. I mean, you used to playing two or three games at least a week, and then mm -hmm. you playing one. Um, so that was tough, but it was uh, it was a decent. Uh, I had a decent time there until uh, well, the first first day of training camp, you're allowed two imports. So there's two Canadians, me and the guy by the name of Brock Treadway. He, uh, he, he gets his knee damaged the first day, has to have an operation, so he's out. So we're playing the first exhibition game against a team, I forget where it was, another city in Austria. And the guy takes my knee out from the side, and I can't walk now. So I'm like, what the hell do I do now, right? And so they said, well, we can't have two of you imports out. So they, bought, they, they took me in, and I did therapy, and they put a great big brace on from my hip right down to my ankle. I played that whole year with a race from my hip to my ankle. Holy shit. And uh, I never did get the knee operated on then. Back then, I had to get that later in life. But uh, I never did get it operated on. And then I had a chance to go to uh, Minnesota. The Islanders were talking to me, or talking to the agent. And uh, I couldn't walk. Take the brace off. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So you get a broken collarbone when you get drafted, or going to your draft. Then you get a call. Then you get another call, and you can't fucking walk. Right? Yeah, and just so everybody knows too, he played thirty nine games over there then with a brace on, and still got fifty seven points. Just so you know, so <laughs> just your points were always over your games, like always. Like you're, you had fantastic numbers, always. Like your whole freaking your whole time, it's. It's not yeah, but Harold Ballard probably put it out there that he had a fucking bad attitude. He my grandmother even helped him out when he wasn't doing so when he first started uh, getting out. He used to have a sewing machine business, repair okay. business. Ballard, if you look it up. My grandmother used to own a factory, a brassiere factory, a bra factory. She used to build, make bras. Mm -hmm. So she had 
millions of sewing machines, right? A bunch of Italian ladies working for her. And, and uh, he, she gave him the business to help him out. No shit. Hmm. So he's gotten a lot of things given to him and he's taken a lot of fucking things away from people. <laughs> Girl. I'm just starting not to like the leash anymore. (laughs) You start hearing all the true stories come out. Oh man, it's awful. The guy's such a not so douchebag. Hey, how was the uh, how was the like nightlife when when like you were in Austria? Like you're a you're like fairly young when you're over there. You had to have gone out with the boys. Like how how was it there? Well, I was married at the time, so I got okay. Married. <laughs> okay. Well, still, is there a little bit like, is there like freaking stuff to do, or were they kind of on you guys, so you couldn't really go out a whole lot? Like, how how did all no, that they work they um, they let you go? There was no real curfews over there. There was not like over when you're playing in the N or playing in the HL on road trips. You had curfews, right? They, they tell you for the most part. Every once in a while, they let you go. Um, but in Austria, they, there was no real nobody really watched you. Nobody really. So I went out with the guys quite a few times and uh, we, we, you know, partied it up till late mornings or early mornings, I guess you'd say, um, and had some good times. The guys like to you know, have, have a, a good time over there. Most of the guys were single, so it was, uh, it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> there, was, there were some good bars and there was, you know, um, but you, the, the biggest thing over there is you couldn't find a good steak. Oh, really? Yeah, you can get all the pork you want and all that stuff, but a steak, it was tough to find. Wow. What would your pregame meals be like? What would you have? Uh, I ate a lot of pasta. I was a, I was a huge pasta eater, um, whether it be lasagna or spaghetti, or it had to have a lot of pasta in it. I, uh, you know, especially when I played for the Spitz, because I played a lot of minutes. Um, I used to uh, yeah, put on the weight. I used to try and keep, uh, and I, I was very skinny all the time, so not like now. But, uh, <laughs> Where, nobody's, nobody's skinny now. But it, uh, you know, you had to try and keep weight on. So I, I did a lot of, a lot of pasta back in the day. Mm-hmm. Actually, I let a pasta the whole my whole career. Actually, even when I was a kid, I ate a lot of pasta. Now, can you can you tell us any of the, uh, the like rookie parties or or parties just alone <laughs> from like the Spitfire days? Well, I'm sure we had a few at your grandma's. A couple of parties there too. But, uh, <laughs> there are lots. Um, you know, we and and Max Max would call Graham. And everybody's out past curfew. Everybody at the house. And it's the whole team. Yeah. And she's like, Max, it's okay. I got all the boys. Yeah. She has all of them. They're all down the basement. <laughs> well, I think I only missed curfew once. And uh, thank God it was Wally Tattenberry that called, not Max. Because um, uh-huh. Wally and I got along very well. Um, he used to try and, and take my gloves on. I, I broke my thumb in a fight. And uh, he, uh, he taped my gloves on and a guy pissed me off. And when he wasn't watching, I hadn't taped them on the bench. So the next shift I got out against that guy, I dropped the gloves. And, and when I got off, well, he just about shot me. He said, I had those gloves taped on for a reason. <laughs> he was a scary man, eh? But uh, he's, yeah, he's he was a big dude. He was a scary guy. But you know what? He, he, if you worked hard and did, did your thing there, boy, he was loyal to you. you know, and he was, was a trainer. He was a mm-hmm. trainer, yeah. And like, was he Scottish or Irish or? I'm not sure he what, he, was, what his was, nationality was, but he was a strong, you know, Blair Barnes. Ginger, right? Yeah, he yeah, was ginger, yeah. yeah. Blair Barnes pissed him off in the dressing room and was getting mouthy, and he grabbed him right by the crotch in the, in the neck and kicked him right up over his head. And Barnesy was a, a solid he was guy. A big dude. And he had him right over his head, and he said, one more word out of you, and I'm dropping you on your head. 
And Martin <laughs> never said another word to him. <laughs> well, in that world juniors, he was fighting one of the coaches. Uh, yeah, he hammered the guy with the board, yeah. yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, there's, it was you can in go that, back and look at it. It was in that big brawl, like Wendell Clark was in it and Shannon um, and the world juniors. Oh, okay. When they shut the lights out and the rest yeah. left the ice. Mm-hmm. Wally's got a guy in the bench and he's just freaking donking him. No shit. Eh? Oh, yeah. It was awesome. We got to oh. get him on. Yeah, we've we've heard his name on like oh, yeah. a bunch on here well, with the spitfires he's just infamous with the spitfires and then he went to 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 um carolina with yeah. uh he still lives uh, rutherford there. right yeah he still lives up there. yeah yeah he comes he, here he comes to essex he's the essex yeah, he, boy he brought the essex cup boy. through he yeah. brought the cup through yeah i was there yeah. yeah 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 we're gonna have to hit him up oh for sure and he's got some stories got oh some stories. i can only imagine <laughs> We were in, I we were in only imagine. We were coming off the, off the ice, and uh, me and JP, and uh, somebody threw coffee on it, hot coffee. And Wally's standing off to the side. He sees it, and he realizes they got hot coffee on it. But he says, who did it? He starts coming. just hammers a guy. Me and, me and JP go, that wasn't the guy. So he hammers a guy beside him. <laughs> Wally, stop. You got the wrong guy again. I think he hit him with three guys. That's so totally finally, shot finally shot got right the right here. guy. But uh, yeah, I think the, you had the cops there and everything that day. That was Wally. That, that's so that's awesome. not wild. Because remember that scene in Slapshot? Oh, it's him. It's him. Yeah. He's got his glasses all crooked. Yeah, it's, yeah. He just snuck in the guy. Yeah, because the, the what, next guy. What did he get freaking hit with? He got hit with someone's like car, car keys, keys or something in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, threw a tire iron yeah. at him. Just lost his fucking marbles. But here's here's what we, we make jokes about. Like fans are so fucking crazy sometimes. Like you're pouring hot piping coffee on a 17 year old kid. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? Like these are kids. You know, I, I just don't get it. And you're like, you fucking loser. And you're like, the kid doesn't even know what a fucking loser is. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it, it's, that's how how the switch goes when you walk into the room. <laughs> On and they're to- totally different guys when yep. they take it off. It's, uh, I've seen it. Right? Helmet I would never believe it until you actually seen certain guys when they put equipment on. It's they're just a different guy. Yep. You, you walk down the street with him, he's the most docile guy you've ever met. And then you go in the dressing room, he's like, he's the rowdiest <laughs> guy on the ice. It's, it's like to put the bucket on, click on. Okay. Yeah. There we go. But <laughs> I, I, I played with a lot of guys that were pussies outside the ring, but once they got the cage on, you know, when it moved, everybody went to the cage, yeah. they were animals. Like, it was like, what, you're not that guy. But do you, what, what are you going to do when they get the bucket off? And then they were totally different guys when the bucket came off, right? Yeah, well, I never wore anything. <laughs> I remember when I was 17, I come to Windsor, and my mom was always worried about my teeth. So my mom and dad, you make sure you wear your mouth care. Make sure, as soon as I got to Windsor, there goes the mouth care. I don't need that thing anymore. <laughs> in a way, you can't breathe with that thing on. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd make me nervous. Just playing, knowing that, like, if a puck hits these jibs, man, that's it. Like, that's it. And yeah, I've seen it so many that. times. You don't worry about that once you get on the ice. You just, yeah. You go. yeah, I never did anyway. As soon as I got on the ice, I didn't, I didn't worry about getting hurt. I didn't worry about anything. Hey, what's the worst freaking, uh, the worst, like, injury you ever had? I would have to say in New York, Binghamton, New York, I got in a fight and, um, the referees broke it up and I fell backwards as they broke it up. And as I was getting up, he leaned over the ref and cold cocked me and he, uh, he busted my nose was over, over to the right side of my face. 
my uh, cheekbone was in my eye. My eye was back in my head. Uh, oh my I woke God. up. I woke up about three days later. Three days in, in the hospital in New York. Yeah, I missed my uh, what was my twenty second birthday. I missed. It wow. happened the day before my birthday. I woke up the day after. Fuck. Fuck. You remember back in the day, those guys would get into full UFC mount. Like how many times you see Wendell Clark sitting on someone's chest and oh yeah, just pounding the ground. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Hockey was like, different. Then, like, as soon as they hit the ground, you let him go. No, he, I'm gonna get you again. And oh yeah. You, know, you, you talk about luck. I was supposed to get called up to the Leafs after that game. Really, eh? Another injury before something that happened. After that game, I was out for a year. I was done. Oh, so you were out a year from that? I was out for the rest of that year. Yeah. Fuck. Well, that's a bad injury, took, though. Took two operations to fix it. And they, uh, they didn't fix me in New York. They brought me all the way back to Toronto. Oh, wow. Yeah, they sent a guy down and drove me all the way back. And, uh, you know, the, the, the bad part was they, they brought me back to, to St. Catharines. And I was, I was rooming with Craig Muni, and uh, we had an apartment together. And uh, so they dropped me off there instead of taking me right to Toronto. I don't know why they didn't take me to Toronto. And mm. uh, so, so the, they said to Craig, keep an eye on him. What's Craig going to do? <laughs> Not a doctor. So, so the next morning, they're going on a road trip, the team. So Craig's dropped me off at the, at the uh, bus station. Well, the bus doesn't leave for about four hours. I said, fuck this. I said, drive me back to my car. I had a Corvette at the time. Mm -hmm. So he drove me back to the thing. I drove with one eye from St. Catharines to Toronto, uh, to Wellesley mm -hmm. Hospital in Toronto, by, with one eye driving a Corvette. I think I was doing about 100 miles an hour over the bridge in Burlington going in there. I parked. Coming in hot, boy. Well, you're probably pissed off too, right? Well, like I was pissed off. I couldn't see. Your eyes were only got one eye, and it's watering. So I, so I drove in, and I parked the car on the, on the sidewalk in front of the hospital. And the guard comes out, and this time they had the bandages off my face. And uh, the guard comes out, and he says, "You can't park there." And I get out of the car, and he looks at me, and he says, "Oh my God!" He says, "Leave the car there." Let's go. <laughs> he takes me yeah. in, and I check in, and I'm sitting in the hallway. Now a couple of hours have gone by. I called my parents because I said, "Come get my car off the sidewalk." They lived up in Keswick, which is about an hour and twenty minutes to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Get the get my car off the sidewalk." And, and of course, they're mad because I drove. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, the doctor walks by and he goes, Oh my God. He says, That's not you. Is there any the team doctor? And I says, Yeah. And he says, Oh God. He says, How long have you been sitting here? I said, I don't know, a couple hours. So he puts me in a room. He, get, he took really good care of me, the team doctor. And uh, so my dad says, Where are you? And I says, Dad, just tell mom to take the car because she liked driving the Corvette. And I said, tell, tell mom to take the car home and just go with her. Don't even come see me. He says, Why? I says, Because I look like Elephant Man. I said, it's bad. Mm. Mom's going to cry, right? right? And he says, it can't be that bad. And next thing you know, a few minutes later, my mom and dad walk in the room. And I'm looking Orange. at her. Like, dad, don't bring her in. And they walk right by me. They couldn't even recognize me. And then, so, so when my mom realized it was me, of course, she, you know, cries her face off. And I said to my dad, I see, I told you. Why, why would you bring her? Yeah. But uh, so that's probably the worst injury I ever had. Man, that's nuts. Where you replace your orbital bone with your eye. Well, apparently that bone is supposed to break if it hit a certain way. And yeah. the guy hit me, he just got that certain way. And lucky didn't lose the eye. But yeah, the bone breaks. And, and if it doesn't, the eye pops out apparently. Yeah. That's how it was explained oh, to me. So imagine so, that. So I was lucky. I went back to training camp the next year and the doctor sees me. He says, where's the shield on your, on your helmet? I said, I'm not wearing no shield. He says, Ernie, you almost lost your eye. He says, you get hit again. You're gonna. I said, I'm not wearing a shield. So I go, 
first first tryout, first skate, guy hits me in the eye with a stick. Oh. It was an accident. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. on purpose. And I'm like, so now my eyes all red again, and it's I don't know what's I come back, I can't see out of it again. So so I put the shield on after that. Yeah, fuck. That's horrible luck, Did man. Did you take the shield? Not too much, no. Yeah. No. Because they knew you just didn't fuck them up anyway. Yeah, not too much. Wow. Who was the who was your uh, who was your favorite teammate? Like through junior, junior, uh, I would say Carl, uh, whatever. Um, who was the favorite? Who was your favorite guy? Uh, you know, JP Larue was a lot of fun. Him and I were uh, were good friends. Uh, you know, in junior, you got a lot of guys you hang out with. Barnsy was good. Like I said, Barnes and I were supposed to get together just before mm-hmm. he passed. Um, Frank Janicek and we played all three years. Went to Kennedy High School together. Uh, grade 12 so it was you know frank and i you know we're, we're pretty close um and then playing in the minors you really don't have the same guys right you're, you're playing with different guys all the time yeah they come and go and you know basil McCray's from beaverton which is the next town over from keswick so we've known each other since we were kids so mm-hmm. so basil and i when we were playing in the in the farm team in, in toronto we uh you know we knew each other pretty good he had some epic fights with wendell clark he was uh, he was pretty you know when we played hockey together at 12 year olds against each other we always played against each other and uh we were the same size oh really yeah he wasn't very big because he got big and he got big <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was known as one of the toughest in the nhl at one point mm-hmm. he would uh you know what he would stand up for your teammates no matter where mm-hmm. you were like uh you so know, i remember him in minnesota right yeah he was played, in minnesota, for minnesota. For a long time, yeah. he was a red wing too wasn't he yeah, short for a short time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. gonna say I thought he was there for a little bit. Yeah, Quebec played for Nordiques. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so uh, if, if, like I know you said you, you don't get to watch much hockey anymore, but uh, if there was one rule that you would like to see changed at the NHL right now, what 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 would it be to make you watch hockey more? What do you think would help it? Well, you know, the, 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 it's not aggressive anymore, as far as I'm concerned, not the way it used to be. Um, it's more, it's probably, it's probably better for the players, yeah. the way they play it now. Um, and it probably would have been better for me back then if it was played that way. But uh, yeah. I used to like the aggressiveness. I used to like to see, you know, you knew who was, you got guys that are playing now that probably wouldn't have played 20 years ago. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been able to play because they wouldn't have went in the corner or, or or stood up for a guy, so you got a little different way of playing. The small guys got a better chance. Mm-hmm. Um, which mm-hmm. is, there are a lot of small guys in the NHL right now. Which is oh good. yeah. But back when I played, it was tough being a small guy, right? Right, because we were talking about it the other day, and we were saying how uh, you know there, you could name off three quarters of a team that will never be in fights in the NHL. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it'll, it'll never happen. But mm. back in your day, there was maybe one or two that didn't have to do it but could do it but could have right right Mm -hmm. i don't know fighting's kind of on the on the rise a little bit like last year it seemed like there was a lot i didn't watch a lot last year um i haven't really watched a lot in a few years to be honest with you Uh, my Mm -hmm. dad watches more hockey now than he ever has uh in the last probably 10 years um but uh i don't really have time i uh i don't really sit down too long i've I've still got that, um, I don't know, I, I was threatening to re- retire and I talked to my financial lady and she said to me, Ernie, don't even think about it because you're way too, 
uh, energetic and way too. Uh, yeah, it'll kill she you. She said you won't be able to retire. Yeah. She said you got to have something to do. You got to keep moving. And you know, well, where where do you work? I run uh, a trucking company. I, I work at uh, Contrans. Oh, okay. I used to work at Bob well, okay. Murray brought that up. Allied Systems got bought out of Holloway. Okay. And I was a manager at Allied Systems for until they went under back in oh god, probably ten years ago now. And then now I now I work for a company called Contrans. It used to be Coal Carriers. We just got bought two years ago by Contrans, which is a big trucking company. Okay. Uh, and I run the uh, the U.S. heavy division for them. So I've been running trucking for since I retired from hockey. I've been managing. Wow, that's awesome. Are you still on the ice at all, like nowadays at all, or? I coached uh, hockey for about ten years, and then the last probably ten years I haven't. Um, and I haven't skated in probably five years. Oh, wow. Eh? Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I didn't have time. I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, and, the, and it, it's funny how things turn you off from the game mm -hmm. after a while. And, uh, it's just, it's not that I hate the game. It's just that it's not for me anymore. I've got other interests. I, uh, you know, I got an old car. I got an old dune buggy, a 66 dune buggy that I bomb around in. I got a nice. Harley that I like riding. I got, uh, so I just kind of do my own thing now. Love it. You got to play one year with a friend of mine, or he he got to play one game with you. He played for the 73s and got called up to the Spitfires, uh, Jimmy Coppo. Um, Probably don't remember him because he was just there for one game. But uh, I remember him telling me the story because he, he got brought up for fighting. He was one of the big fighters here in Junior C. And uh, he'd get the tap. So go fight, come back after his five minutes, get the tap, go fight. And he's like, he's like, I, I quit. I, I didn't want to do it. The guy did absolutely nothing to me, and I got to go beat him up. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and, and I just didn't want to be that guy. He goes, I love the game, but I don't want to be that guy. So mm -hmm. he ended up uh, totally bombing out of hockey. Ended mm -hmm. up playing just beer league after that. Yeah, it's, uh... It's tough. And one of the reasons I don't play hockey anymore is it's, it's a lot of guys, you know, want to challenge you, want to, and I'm older now, yeah. right? Even back in, when I retired, I used to play a lot of Harold Sunday mornings with the guys. I used to go in a few tournaments with the guys and, and horse around. But uh, as soon as they find out who you are, and then, you know, and I'm not a big guy, so they all try it. And, yeah. You know, and it, it was, you know, a few years ago, my kids were small and, and a guy kept challenging me and telling me, I said, look, buddy, I don't want to fight. I'm not here to fight. Yeah. I said, those days are long past. And he wouldn't stop. So I, I knew some guys on the other team. I said, tell him to stop or I'm going to knock his teeth out. Yeah. And they come in after the step in the beginning of the third period. said, Ernie's still going to come after you and knock his teeth out. I said, okay. So I knocked his, I got mad and knocked his teeth out in front of my kids. And, you know, and then you get, you're looking at yourself and your kids are looking at you. Like, you, how do you what do you tell your kids on the way home to park in the car? Right? Dad, what yeah. is that? There's a point in time when enough's enough too. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like if you're going to be a goof and I've already told you twice, like it's time when enough's enough. Your and team whatever. told you. Your team told yeah, you. When, when your team's telling you. Yeah, and then I'm, whatever. I'm going to make same. a name for myself against Ernie God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I got my teeth knocked out. Sorry, yeah, well, that's not. just guys like, oh, Ernie God's out here. I'm going to fight him because he played in the yeah. NHL. So I'm going to fight a guy so I could say I fought a guy that played in the NHL. Now he could say a guy that played in the NHL knocked my teeth out. So that's yeah, good it's win-win for, win for him. It's win-win for him. It just got to the point where it wasn't fun playing anymore. So mm -hmm. I just, Yeah, I can get that. I just called it a day. And like I said, I enjoy riding my bike and taking my oh, car yeah. for riding. 
Hell yeah. Uh, they got all the little toys now, right? Pretty much what they do. Damn okay, right. so like, I asked I asked this question to everybody. Uh, you know how they have the horns when the goal scored? What would your goal scoring song have been if they took they didn't have the horn and they got to play you got to play your song? What what would your song have been? Jeez, I don't know. Probably, I think back then it was probably Journey I listened to a lot. It would have been yeah. probably a Journey song that uh, would have probably come up. But uh, don't stop believing. Yeah, maybe something along that lines. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it was uh, it's probably Journey. I, I listened a lot. That or Super Tramp. I, I still listen to Super Tramp. Back, you know, my my son's played hockey. My one son's a doctor now with Nova Scotia, and uh, my oldest boy and. Uh, you know, they always said, how did you get in the game? I said, well, you know what? I never talked to anybody. I never, I just put the headphones on. And, I, and back then I probably listened to Super Tramp more than anything, full blast. And, and Breakfast in America. And forget, uh, you know, forget the, forget the game's coming. So yeah. you don't get your nerves before the game. Right. So you're not wearing all that energy out. And, and that's what you had to try. And that's what I had to try and do is teach myself to not get wound up way before the game because I wear all that energy out. So I had to find something to do to, and it didn't matter what game you were playing. I, I was wound up every game I played. I just wanted to play. I just wanted to go out there and, and do the best I could and score every, every shift if I could. Yep. Mm -hmm. but, uh, well, fuck, you almost did, right? Oh, pretty close. But Rob, I'm all tapped out, man. If you if you have anything else that you want to ask him, now's the time, brother. No, I'm good. I, uh, I, asked, I asked the one that I wanted to ask. Beautiful. Ernie, we just want to say thank you, man. This has been great. Stories were awesome. Um, hopefully soon, maybe we can all have like, you know, have a few of those beers there and we'll hit some hit around a golf or something. Do you, do you actually golf at all? That's another thing I used to do a lot of, but I haven't oh. golfed in five years either. Um, the last five years have been kind of hectic uh, around uh, my house and uh, just uh, probably in the near future, I'm going to get back to golf and I, I enjoyed golfing. I just haven't, uh, haven't had the time between work and kids and I got uh, four of my own and my wife had two. So, and they've been around in a picture. They're mine now. So I've got like six kids. So it's uh, pretty mm -hmm. hectic. And I just had my, my oldest boy just had his first son. So I got my first grandson. So it's awesome. Kind of awesome. He's a little guy, little Jamie, and uh, he's, uh, he's down in uh, Nova Scotia. Congratulations. So, yes. Yeah. So it's been kind of busy the last few years. So mm -hmm. hopefully it starts to calm down a little bit and kids are getting older now, finally. And, well, you could you had the COVID too, like yeah, like, COVID like, sucked ass. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last two years have been tough, man. Yeah. Well, then when you actually do get around to freaking golfing again, let us know, and we'll like hit around and we'll have some beers. We'll get Tree out there. Yeah. yeah. He's a hack fuck. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it up for sure, man. We'll do it up All for right. sure. Sounds good. All right, Ernie. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thanks. And there he was, folks, Mr. Ernie Godden, former Windsor Spitfire record holder. He was a good interview. I could at first I thought he was kind of, I was like, I didn't know if he was like kind of shy or whatever, but I guess quiet guy. Yeah. He was fun though. Got his face crushed from a sucker punch. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. man, when your orbital bone is covering your eye socket and your eye is not your fucking head. Like you're a dick and then end up being good buddies with the guy. Yeah. Dude, I can't. I'd say 
header gut first and then yeah. I'll be buddies yeah. with you. Like, <laughs> holy, holy uh, I can't even God. think about how much I would hurt, man. Oh my God. And then drive uh, yourself to the fucking hospital. Yeah. yeah. Animal. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I, I've heard a bunch of people that talk about him and, and saying that, you know, how, how rough it was for him because he was a smaller guy yeah. and he could light the lamp, but yeah. everybody wanted to make a name for themselves. And, you know, like a guy in fucking beer league, you want to fight me? And what did I say? If you don't stop, I'm going to fucking knock your teeth out. Yeah. And then he knocked his teeth out. Yeah. So I see. Shouldn't have been That's talking shit. <laughs> but the coolest thing was, and I don't know if I, I can't remember if I said it on when he was on. Was when he rolled up in that Z twenty eight, man. Yeah, it you talked about it. Fucking Jerry, yeah. it was so cool. He's so <laughs> badass. Wait till you see his pictures. Yeah, you see his pictures. This guy had the hair. He had the flow. He had fucking everything. Yeah, everything. It's hilarious. And just bad luck. Bad luck for mm. the NHL, eh? Mm. Fuck, that's too so, bad. Big big shout out to Ernie. So thank yeah. you. Thanks, Ernie. Thanks. We really appreciate it. So back on the habs a little bit here so you were saying that they're not going to name no one's going to wear the c in the absence of shea weber nope i don't think it'd be right for somebody they, to they've opted not to so they'll, they'll have three assistant captains right yeah but if he's still signed with them then yeah nobody should wear the c oh you can't take the captaincy away from them yeah you can't just give it to them on an intern basis like yeah. that's just that's yeah. just shitty that shitty montreal fucking French Fox. <laughs> so as you can see rob's still pissed about the playoffs <laughs> uh, that's funny that's funny hey and uh your buddy there mr boyle is going to love that guy yeah and where's he going uh pittsburgh he's getting a pro tryout with pittsburgh a pro tryout with pittsburgh do you think like why why do i don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to pick this guy up he's got all the skills in the world Mm -hmm. you know he's not gonna hurt you and he'll punch the head off somebody yeah i was gonna say he's a big boy he's he's tough as nails too like he's getting up there i get it but you know i i i I don't know i don't know uh, i I love the guy he was one of my favorites when he was with mm -hmm. toronto yeah i love seeing him on the ice because you know people people stayed away from him but a guy like him, when his size or whatever, right? You just tell him, hey, you go park yourself out front of the net and you let Sid do his thing and you put your stick on the ice and you He's will be score awesome goals. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't take him, like, and if somebody else doesn't pick him up, like, people teams are just stupid he'd be a good yeah because he'd be good because he's a vet he would come cheap he still has to be good right like if if you're getting a fucking tryout you're good so i don't know good luck to him that cancer he's got that cancer thing right that he's fighting Mm -hmm. too still Mm -hmm. so yeah good luck to him man yeah absolutely like it's like it's a great heartfelt uh comeback story too right Mm -hmm. so he gets out there with Sid the Kid and uh, Malkin and, and all, all those great hockey players. He, he'll be laughing. Oh, yeah. They'll be laughing just having him on their team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to have to keep our eye on that one for sure. I will for sure. I'll be following that a lot. So last thing here we'll shoot the shit about is this uh, this, this Logan Mayu kid. So the OHL has now tossed him indefinitely right now. So he's out on he's out on 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 an in-depth, but January first, I believe he can appeal it. Right. 
So I don't know if you can play during your appeal. Like he might be able to play during your appeal. I'm not sure how it works. Don't quote me on it, but I'm just saying sometimes it's, you can play while it's being appealed. So I don't know if that will happen, if that will be the case, but I don't really want to touch on his like case (laughs) or whatever. You know what I mean? Just it's a touchy subject, right? It's, it is very touchy. Like he's a young kid. He made a mistake. You know what I mean? And he's knows he made a mistake. He knows he fucked up. So I am going to touch on it. So he's 18 years old. He's a stupid fucking kid. Right. (laughs) And that's, that's all you got to say about it. So he shared something with his teammates that some other asshole got butthurt about it because he liked the girl more and ends up posting this to everybody. It wouldn't have went viral if this kid didn't fucking do what he did. Is that, is that how it all went down? I'm almost a hundred percent sure. That's how this all came out. Come on. I'm like 98% sure. Wow. That this is how this all went down. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. So, That's news to me. Yeah. Well, it could, this could be fake news anyways. <laughs> but I'm just saying, this is how this all got out there. So this kid makes a fucking huge mistake. Mm-hmm. But he's 18 years old. Yeah. And and do you remember when, when Bob came on, uh, he even said, well, are the parents mad at the daughter because she only knew him for a week? Or are the parents mad at the kid because of what he did? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, then you have Montreal... Then you have the NHL and then you have the OHL all shit on this kid mm-hmm. because of one fucking one night mistake. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it was right by any means. No. It wasn't. But, you know, he's sharing it. He shared it with his buddies, which he should have never did. No. But fuck, man. Put that one in the bank. Right. <laughs> add, add, add it to your spank bank, buddy. Fuck sakes, man. Put it in your Dude. vault, boy. Put it in your vault. Fuck, but man. I, the, from what I'm hearing, this this is somebody that that liked this girl more than he did, or whatever. That's and, shit, uh, though. Fuck. End up throwing it out there. Like I don't know if it actually went viral, but it it mm. that's how it came out. One of the guys on his team spread the rumor, mm. so. Well, hopefully uh, there's guys that have done like a lot worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That are like involved in like crimes and stuff like that. Like keep your mind shit you, this to is the thing, but oh, yes, boy. yes, yes. Don't kiss. But you know, like it, it, Montreal was getting him help and, and you know, like, it, you know, these are the people that you need. This is how you're going to grow up. You're going to mm. seek, you know, professional help about this. Yeah. And Montreal uh, fucking, uh, Gary, Gary says, Uncle Gary. Well, well, we can't have him in the NHL. I'm really disappointed in Montreal for taking him. Well, well, you know Gary's- what, Gary? <laughs> well, fuck yourself. Yeah, Gary's probably well, never I- even had a girlfriend. <laughs> had a bunch of ham puppets. <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, he's a kid. He made a mistake. And I don't know. He is. I. I just hope that he does whatever he's supposed to do and everything and, and actually gets a chance to play. Is yeah, I, I do too. I, I, we've all made bad mistakes, but how, how much do you got to punish this kid? Yeah, he said, don't pick me in the NHL. Don't, don't, don't. 
I'll, I'll go into the draft next year. Yeah. Cause he wanted to deal with it. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like, well, we'll see what happens, man. <laughs> We're yeah. going to see what happens, but on that note, it was a really bad choice. Yes. Horrible choices on both. Fuck on both parts. <laughs> all the way around like, you know what i mean not with it with the ohl like he, fuck this, i just mean me, this kid this kid's beating the shit out of himself for what he did and now all the leagues are shitting on him mm. you know we'll see so on that note should we uh go crush poolside or what yeah i think I'm that's about, the plan yeah, i'm about down to do that so until next week, Aunt Rob signing off. We're out of here. See ya. Peace. Yeah, I can get behind it.